The Barrage Sports Show. Yo ho, what's up everybody? It's the Barrage Sports Show. We are back. We we are we're excited, man. I'm one of your hosts, Mike B, and I'm here with my son, Mike Burr. Mike Burr. We we gotta talk NFL, man. We're through the first four games for most teams, so we're a quarter of the way through the season. And it's been exciting so far. It's been some real good football. Even though the fans aren't there, the NFL, they're kind of in the bubble in a sense. But it's been great. So let's just go through the NFL early on in the podcast uh, because, you know, the season is rocking and rolling. I want to start right at the top. Kansas City Chiefs, still the number one team in the NFL. And let's walk the power rankings, by the way. Let's go to the NFL.com power rankings and let's just talk about some teams. Mike B, you good with that? Yep. All right, Mike Burr, let's do it. So Chiefs still won. They haven't lost a game. They did it with defense against the Patriots, got four turnovers. What you think about the Chiefs at the top? Yeah, yeah. It would have been interesting to see uh, them play if Cam was playing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they, they went out, handled business, and uh, I think they're still the best team on offense by far. And they, and they do have, I've been saying this, they have an underrated defense. They also have one of the best defenses. And they're, they're just good on both sides of the ball. So it's no question that they're, they're the team to beat still. Yeah. And if you haven't heard, which most people have by now, Cam was out due to COVID. So it was kind of an unfair game. They had to push the time back and everything. But KC took care of business and won that game. Number two on the NFL rankings, Green Bay Packers. Big win over the Falcons in week four. They're 4-0. Aaron Rodgers has been resurrected. He's been doing it without his top receiver, Devontae Adams. They got a real good tight end, Robert Tonian. He's been putting in work. So what do you think about the Green Bay Packers? Uh, Yeah, they're dominating, specifically Aaron Rodgers. And uh, this is one of the best defenses he's had uh, in his career as well. They're playing good on that side of the ball. And that's really all you need with Aaron Rodgers. He's going to find a way to make those throws uh, under pressure. And uh, I think he heard the chatter. He saw Green Bay draft a quarterback in the first round, and he's he's on a tour to show that he's still one of the best QBs in the league. Okay. Three is Baltimore. They got a big win. Let's go to four, though. Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills, 4-0. and Josh Allen is flat balling out. The young quarterback has 12 touchdowns, only two picks, a 122 quarterback rating. And their acquisition of Stephon Diggs, the wide yeah. receiver from Minnesota, it has really worked out. He's lead the NFL, at least tied for the lead in the NFL in yards. A great acquisition. And the Buffalo Bills look for real. They don't look like it's just, you know, they starting off hot. They look like a serious contender in the AFC. Yeah, the, the real uh, power in this team is their defense. They have... You could argue they got the best defense in the league and some other teams in that conversation. And then on offense, Josh Allen has taken that next step. He looks like a legitimate franchise QB, and he has his main guy, Stephon Diggs. And and they're getting it done on both sides of the ball, and they have a great special teams too, that makes plays. So they're a team that right, right now with the Patriots without Cam Newton – uh, and who knows how long that'll be before he's cleared to play again. Uh, they they have a real shot to win this division. They're still undefeated. Yeah, they're running the tables. At five, Pittsburgh Steelers, they, they were going to have a real good game in week four. Um, it was going to be the Steelers and the Titans. Mm. That's a really good matchup. But the Titans are dealing with some serious COVID issues. 
they might get in trouble with the league because they might not have stuck with protocol. So their game was pushed back. But Steelers are five. Seattle is six. We just talked about the Titans. They're seven at eight. Let's talk about the team number eight on the NFL power rankings. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. Tom Tom Terrific had a flashback. Five TD passes in week four. The Bucs are three and one. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's starting to click. You know, a lot of people counted them out. But they lost to the Saints week one. They lost to a good football team. And Tom Brady's starting to get more comfortable with the offense comfortable with the new play callers and starting to use all the weapons he has and the Tampa Bay defense is good too and uh they're gonna they're coming to Chicago this week so (laughs) 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 it's gonna be uh interesting we we don't have a good record against Tom Brady (laughs) yeah we don't yeah yeah at number nine the Rams they're three and one ten New England Patriots and like I say, they might be in a little trouble because with Cam out, yeah. I don't know what their backup quarterback situation is going to be. They had already That's lost some pretty. players. <laughs> yeah. So they're kind of in a tough spot right now. Still have a real good defense, but I don't know what they're going to do on offense. They're just kind of searching right now to try to stabilize. Saints are ranked at number 11 at 2-2. Two and two. And then the team we played, number 12, mm. the Indianapolis Colts. Top-ranked defense in the NFL. They stuffed us and held us to... 269 total yards. We couldn't run the football at all. The Colts are ranked number 12. They're 3-1. and one. I think the Colts are legitimate. I really do. Yeah, they, they are a legit team. And, uh, you know, they came into that game with the number one defense. And they, they play like the number one defense. They're all over the field. They got a ton of playmakers. Um, a lot of guys having a resurgence in their career on that team. Phillip Rivers, the quarterback. Yep, and they got a they got a lot of young players too that are very talented, and that defense they just swarm you. They're all over the field. They make plays, um, and they make big plays too. They create turnovers, um, and then on offense you got a veteran QB, and they have an amazing offensive line. They I do. Mean, he he could sit in the pocket for hours, even against Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks. They they could barely touch him. So that says a lot about their O line. And uh, the, their offense really hasn't clicked, so I don't know if they could beat the top teams, but I do think they'll probably make the playoffs, and they'll be tough to beat because that defense wins. Defense wins championships. I agree, and right up under them at three and one, a surprise because, and I say it's a surprise, even though they acquired a lot of talent in the last few years, the Cleveland Browns, mm. an impressive three and one. You know, they've been playing pretty good ball. Odell Beckham had a big game. Odell Beckham Jr. had a big game. Baker Mayfield is actually playing with a little more discipline. Mm -hmm. They can really run the football. I mean, Cleveland might actually, you know, end the season a playoff contender or a playoff team. Yeah, uh, it it might be starting to click here. Um, Now, they were in trouble in that Cowboys game, and the Cowboys somehow allowed them to score uh, 24 straight points. Uh, in the fourth quarter, so I, I don't want to get too high on this team yet, but they are 3-1. and one. They are playing well, and uh, Baker, you know, if he doesn't turn the ball over, they have a good defense. They have a good running game. They can win a lot of games just if he minimizes the turnovers uh, that we saw from him last season, and we got guys like Odell Beckham. Um, you know, he's a, he's a playmaker. It's a reason why he's a superstar, and uh, they're, they're going to be a tough team to beat as well. Yeah. I like them 
because they're young, you know, they got some young talent and youth can pay off in down the stretch when guys get a little tired, maybe a little more worn out, especially if they're not banged up. If, if Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham can get a rhythm, they can cause a lot of trouble because we know when Odell Beckham is healthy and at his best, he's as good as any receiver in the league. So I like the Cleveland Browns, but you got to be a little cautious because they are the Cleveland Browns <laughs> and they are in a tough division. Yeah. So it's going to be a dog fight, for lack of a better term, for the dog pound. But it's good to see Cleveland getting off to a real good start. Mm. Yeah. After the Cleveland Browns at 14, San Francisco 49ers, they're 2-2. Two and two. P- Carolina Panthers are 15 at 2-2. Two and two. The Arizona Cardinals, mm. you know, I want to talk about them. Because they're 2-2, two and two, so they're starting to turn things around. Kyler Murray, we know, is, you know, their franchise quarterback, you know, a high draft pick. That's the guy they, they're banking their hopes on. But they have DeAndre Hopkins. So mm-hmm. I know the super producer, April, has some updates on DeAndre Hopkins. But as you know, Hopkins played for the Houston Texans, and he was their best player by far, and they cut him. And the Houston Texans has just but they been traded a, them. They traded them. Yeah, I'm sorry. They traded them. For, you know, for first round picks, and then they end up trading most of that to get uh, the other receiver, another receiver. Uh, yeah, but they traded Hopkins for DeAndre uh, David Johnson. Right, and it was like a and I, for, forgive me for saying he was cut, but the trade was kind of like. Not a trade to do what's best for the team. It was like cutting him. They didn't want him. Yeah, and it was rumors that he wasn't getting along with the coach uh, for obvious reasons, and then and now the coach ends up getting fired. And it, it reminds me a lot of uh, the AD situation with the Pelicans. Yeah, April. Let's let's chime in, Super Producer April. What what you got on that Hopkins situation? Well, the general manager as well as the coach for the Houston Texans was fired over the weekend since they're zero and four and decided to trade Hopkins. Yeah, and that, that, that's what I'm saying. It reminds me a lot of the AD situation with the Pelicans, right, where he didn't want to make the trade, even though he got a ton of value back, and then you end up losing the player. Uh, but in this situation, they traded the best player, uh, didn't really get the same amount of value. It's hard to match value with a guy like Hopkins. And then you the, the the value you got from the trade, they end up trading that to get somebody else who's not as good as Hopkins. So it was a uh, uh, yeah, it was just bad. <laughs> and they're zero and four. Yeah, and it's weird because the Texans they've won their division four out of the last six years. I mean, mm-hmm. this is not a scrubby football team. They just made a really terrible decision. It's like they just got into their feelings and they got out of the you know it's business, not personal. And went personal as opposed to business, and it is having some tragic domino effect. And it's ironic you re-sign your quarterback to a big deal, but you take away his biggest weapon. And so that hasn't worked out well at all. So the Cardinals are two and two. They're ranked 16. And like I say, as fate will have it, DeAndre Hopkins has the most receiving yards in the NFL right now. Yeah, he's balling. And uh this Cardinals team, they're they're talented. Um, they got a, a relatively new coach. Um, they got to fix some holes on their defense, but on offense, you got DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray is a dog. 
so they're they're a couple pieces away. Maybe not this season, but within a couple years, they're gonna be with the with the top teams. I think so. At seventeen, the Minnesota Vikings, real good team. The last few years, they are off to a horrid start. They're one and three, and their one win came over the worst team probably in the NFL right now, the Texans. So I don't know if they could even really count that. What's going on with the Minnesota Vikings? Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, when you look at the the roster, they got a strong defense. Um, they got uh, still got Thielen. They traded Diggs, uh, but they really should have traded Kirk Cousins. They should have, uh, they you know you you got rid of a player that was balling out instead of dealing with the real problem. And you see how well the Bills are playing versus the Vikings. And I think that and Stephon Diggs is definitely a big part of that. Um, cause they got a strong running game, good offensive line and just great defense. But at the most important position, just like the bears, they're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why Minnesota went all in on Kirk cousins and I'm not trying to be too harsh on Kirk cousins, but they really went after him. Like he was a great franchise quarterback that won a bunch of playoff games and went to a super bowl and things like that. I mean, they really bet the farm on him. And it's not paying off. I mean, don't get me wrong. They've had some success, had some playoff wins. But it's not. I don't think it is what they expected it to be. Yeah. And I feel like the Vikings are kind of, they realize they made a mistake. And now they're doing the smart thing. They're tanking. Right? You got a lot of good quarterbacks coming out. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is one of them. So maybe you get in that and uh, uh, you, you know, get an early pick and you can get a quarterback, draft them. Let him play behind Kirk Cousins or just cut him and then start with a, a fresh QB there. Yeah, that might be the move because uh, right now they're struggling. And with the Bears at 3-1, and one, with the Vikings at 4-0, and oh, the Bears at 3-1, and one, they're in a little trouble. I mean, they're going to have to turn it around, turn around quick if they want a chance in a division. So we're just walking through the NFL power rankings because we're a quarter of the way through first four games. We're having a little fun with that. At 18 is the Chargers. And an interesting team is at 19. Mm. The Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. And you got, you know, their their team, another very talented team that's, you know, they just don't seem, they're kind of like their basketball team, like a ton of talent. But it's just like it never – something's just not right. Like they just can never put it all together at once. Obviously, they, they won a Super Bowl a couple years ago um, with, with, you know, the magical Nick Foles. But, you know, ever since then, it's just been kind of up and down. And sometimes they look like one of the best teams in the, the league. Then the next week they look terrible. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz has, has also been inconsistent. Then they have a bunch of injuries all the time. So, you know, it's just a lot going on in Philly. And because when you look at their roster, they should be right up there. With yeah, they the got top a lot teams. of talent on paper. Yeah, but it's I don't know what's going on. Yeah, Carson Wentz looks good on paper, but he just he can't get out the. You know, he's in a rut, man. One one game he plays good, like you say. Then the next game he he's awful. Like you don't know which Carson Wentz is going to show up. So, at twenty, how about those Cowboys? Mm. It has been a disaster for them so far. They're one and three. Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott has the most passing yards in the NFL, but it's not equating to wins. Yeah, 
And a lot of those passing yards are, you know, late in games. They might score two, three touchdowns, you know, stat padding. But Dallas hasn't looked good at all, man. Yeah, uh, impressive on offense, uh, at least stat-wise. But you're right, it's not results in the wins. And the defense, which was a great defense last year, they I don't know what happened, you know. Um, and it's interesting, you know, they, a lot of the blame was thrown on Jason Garrett. They fired him. And now they're even worse. And but they are, you know, they are in the most competitive division in the NFC East. <laughs> you got the uh, one, two, and one Eagles, the one and three uh, Washington football team, the one and three Cowboys, and the zero oh and four Giants. So it's, it's a big question mark of who's going to come out that division. It's yeah. real competitive. And that's the thing, you know, a lot of people thinking maybe the NF- NFL should go with receding. So mm-hmm. let's say. In that division, if everyone finishes under 500, they don't get an automatic bid to the playoff for winning their division. If the NFL recedes and they take the top, you know, top eight teams or whatever. What do you think about that? I'm not a fan of reseeding because I think it makes it a lot more fun when winning a division means something. Mm -hmm. So I like the fact that the division winner gets an automatic bid to the playoffs. But a lot of people don't agree with that anymore. They want everything reseeded and, you know, the top teams in the NFL make the playoffs, whether you win a division or not. You don't have that record. You don't go. What do you mm. think about that? Uh, I, I don't like that for the NFL. Now, I think that's a much better argument for the NBA. Um, but in the NFL, the divisions, the divisions matter a lot. Right. You like playing against teams near your hometown, you know, the trash talk, the fans. Um, so I think it is good if you win the division, you make the playoffs uh, and then the second best teams get to play in the wild card. But I think now but but that does raise a question. If everybody finishes below 500, maybe they could implement a rule for a special case, because like, let's say. The NFC East is is looking like a strong candidate for that this year. What if you have a six and eight team, and they get to play in the playoffs? But meanwhile, in a division like the NFC West, let's say you know they're they're, they're second best team. You mean like eight and eight? Yeah, no, they finish. Yeah, like yeah, sixteen eight eight. games, eight and eight, or even less. They might not even win eight games. Okay, you know, like six uh, and ten. Yeah, something like that, and. Let's say in the NFC West, you have a, a really good team that has 10 wins or something. They don't even make it, you know, or they're playing against them in a wild card. It would be kind of unfair. So maybe maybe that is a rule. If nobody finishes eight and eight, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But otherwise, I, I like the way it is. Yeah. I know one year uh, and it was the year Brady got hurt. Uh, the Patriots were 11 and five and didn't make the playoffs Yeah, because they didn't win their division. I think they came in second, but because the way everything played out, they won 11 games and were sitting at home. So yeah, the Cowboys, ugh, it's a, it's been a rough year. You know, the Cowboys have probably the biggest fan base in all of football, but it's, it hasn't been a thing of beauty. It's been rough for them. The Las Vegas Raiders are two and two. They're kind of uh, uh, in between type of team. So they're at two and two, the Raiders, then you have the Bears. We're at 22. The Bears were six, went down six in the power rankings um, after that performance to the Colts. I mean, the Colts look like the number one defense. And we just didn't, we couldn't get anything going. It was a really, 
really tough game to stomach if you're a Bear fan. Yeah, um, it was hard to watch uh, on the offensive end. The defense played pretty good, but to me, this game, you know, that was a tough game for Nick Foles, his first game as a starter. You put him, you throw him out there against the number one defense. You know, you could tell they were kind of out of sync, still trying to learn, didn't have a preseason. But you can't make excuses, right? Uh, to only have three points for majority of that game, they got a late garbage time touchdown. Uh, but Nick Foles, in the drive before that, he gave him a chance to win the game. He did. Uh, you know, at that time, it was only 13-3. to So if we could have scored, it could have been 10-3, to and we're right back in the game. But Anthony Miller drops the pass, it turns to an interception. Uh, but it, at, at some point, you know, we switch quarterbacks now. And if we if the offense still looks the same, we can't run the ball. It looks stale, no innovation, no big plays. At some point, you got to say, hey, you had Mitch, you had Nick Foles. You got to look at the only common denominator, and that's Matt Nagy. Okay. And you also have to look at the O-line. I think our O-line, David Montgomery, he he has to juke two or three people just to get back to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, they were all, man, they were swarming over him like honeybees, dude. He couldn't get anywhere. It was white jerseys every time he turned around. It was like seven white jerseys around him. Yeah, it's, it's a credit to him that he, they even, they only averaged two yards, but that's a credit to him because... <laughs> He was he, every time he touched the ball, he has to juke and maneuver and truck people just to get one or two yards. So the O line has to play stronger. Uh, and then on defense, like we have a good defense, but and this could be tied to how bad our offense is th- that uh, the other offense doesn't have to take chances to beat us. True, but our defense they're good, but they're not scary like they used to be. Mm. And, you know, we got a bunch of playmakers. We got Eddie Jackson, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, but you don't see those pick sixes. You know, Kyle Fuller is another playmaker. Where are the pick sixes? Where are the fumbles and the, the strip sacks? You know, those big highlight splash plays, I'm not not seeing them right now. And I, and I But I think it is mostly tied to the offense because teams right now, they know if they get a lead, they probably won't lose it. Yeah, so I they can play so. really passive and just, you know, punts and play the play the field position game. Yeah, I mean, we're we're three and one, so that's a good thing. I mean, your record is what your record is. But that game kind of I think it was an eye opener for us that maybe we're not as good as we thought we were. Mm. Um, because we got punched in the mouth. But hey, we got a rebound, but we're going against the GOAT. We're going against Tom Brady, but we'll be at home. And this could be, you know, it could be a big win for us. Yeah, I'm, yeah, this is going to be the the real uh, measuring stick for where we are, right? Because we're three and one, but it doesn't feel like it. And playing against the Bucks, they're a legitimate team. Uh, they got the the goat. So this is where we're going to see how good we are because we're going to have to put up way more than three points <laughs> to to beat them. You true, know, true Tom that. Brady is coming <laughs> off throwing five touchdowns. So the offense is going to have to put up this week. And yeah. And we got to keep pace with Green Bay, dude. They're 4-0 and they're, they're, they're humming, man. They're not, mm-hmm. They don't look like they're going to be slowing down anytime soon. So we got to keep winning to keep pace with them because, you know, that's who we're chasing right now. Yep. Rounding out the bottom of the NFL.com power rankings, Cincinnati Bengals at 23, Detroit Lions, they're 1-3 at 24, 
The Miami Dolphins ranked 25, 1 and 3. I don't know how Miami can have an excellent football team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Florida is the is like the top talent football state for, you know, guys 25 and under. It's more talent in Florida than anywhere in America. They got that wonderful weather. Mm-hmm. And the Dolphins just they've been bad for a long time. Yeah, I I don't understand why Tua's on the bench. What's the point of a drafting a guy in the first round? And it's not like you got you got Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a journeyman, and, and no disrespect to Ryan Fitzpatrick, but what what are you trying to see from him? You know, it's not resulting in wins. You're not trying to win now anyway. I think they're looking more long term, so you might as well let your first round pick get his reps in. And get comfortable with his guys, get comfortable with the offense. You know, might as well throw him out there. Yeah, I know Tua was a little banged up early, so I think they're kind of handling him with kick gloves. But sooner or later, you know, hey, you get paid to do this. It's a man's sport. Everybody's going to be a little nicked up, a little banged up. Got to put him out there on the field. But like I say, I don't know how the state of Florida, one of the top college football and high school football havens in America, that can't translate over to the pro team yeah. because you got a bunch of talent right in that state, which sometimes, you know, that that's not as relevant, but it's a wonderful place to live. And I'm, I'm quite sure they could recruit, you know, it's not like a bunch of young NFL players are going to be like, no, no, I don't want to live in Miami, but they have just been really bad. So I don't get it. They're 20 ranked 25. They're one and three. And hopefully Tua, when it, whenever his era starts could turn it around. Yeah, and the other Florida team—they're one and three. Jacksonville Jaguars—they haven't been anything worth mentioning this year. The Denver Broncos—they're one and three. So these are all the teams at the bottom of the pile. The Atlanta Falcons have just been dreadful. They're zero and four. They're losing games. Atlanta finds the most creative ways to lose football games. I mean, if you're a Falcon fan. You have to be frustrated watching them play because they give you a little glimmer of hope and they snatch it away from you. Yeah. And just when you think you got to figure it out, fumble, you know, interception, turnover, you know, they just, they've been so weird, but they're 0 4 and they're having a rough go of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's time to start rebuilding in Atlanta because they're another one of those teams you, you read the roster on paper, you're like, oh, they should be pretty good. Uh, and then on the field, it's just, you know, like you said, they just they find ways to lose, it seems like. And uh, ever since they lost to the Patriots in that Super Bowl, it's, it's been kind of the same story. Yeah. You know, they never really got back to to that level. And he's just been kind of, you know, having a lot of, you know, to have a big lead and lose it and just all types of craziness. So, you know, it might be time to start a new era in Atlanta. I think so. And rounding out the bottom is the Houston Texans. We talked about them. You know, cost Bill O'Brien his job. They lose Hopkins, and you sign your quarterback, but you take the best player away. It's just been everything they expected to happen did happen. It's been a disaster there. The Washington football team, no longer the Washington Redskins, so they did the right thing with, with a more, you know, more respectful name. They're one and three, though. They're not, they're not a good football team, but they're young. They got they got some potential there. You can see it. Yeah. The Giants have been dreadful. They're 0 and 4. Yeah, once they lost Saquon, it's uh well, they weren't really good with Saquon. Uh he's another guy that has to, you know, make it all happen behind the line of scrimmage. 
Uh, but then they lost him, and, and yeah, it's pretty much no, not looking good. <laughs> yeah. In 32 or 32, the New York Jets, great fans. Jet fans are very loyal. They're crazy. You got the fireman jet guy, um, you know, big, big area. You know, New York is a huge area, so you got a, a big fan base and all these fans, and they right now are just going backwards. They've lost – a lot of games by a lot of points this season. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. They might, they might have a totally defeated season. They might go on 16. I could see it. Um, but hey, then then they'll probably get Trevor Lawrence. So <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah, he'll guess. turn things around for him. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, that's that could be the one um the one good thing that could come out of that. Super producer April. What you got? So that's our NFL preview so far. We walked through all 32 teams. KC at the top, Jets at the bottom, Bears somewhere near kind of the bottom, even though we're three and one. April, what you got for us? So Trey Lance of North Dakota State University. The quarterback? Yep. He had the shortest college career ever. He played one game and has decided to let everyone know on Twitter that he intends to enter the 2021 NFL draft. I guess he made that decision after 25 scouts from 20 NFL clubs decided to watch him play this past weekend. I like it. Don't I like it. it. Hey, that's business, man. That's business. He knows he's going to be a first rounder. He know he has NFL game. He's like, look, COVID's going on. You know, I could get hurt. I'm I'm not gonna take that risk. I'd rather sit out and secure my future as an NFL player. Yeah, I like it. I'm rooting for him and I hope it uh pans out in the next level. Yeah, and I'm, and you can't call the kids selfish or anything like that because you have some restrictions in football where you can't leave as early. Like you can't be a freshman and go to the NFL. Which in a way I kinda like that because it's it's such a brutal sport. It's a collision sport mm. that I'm glad they don't let guys too young enter. But you got to make some, so you can make. You got to make some other decisions because, you know, anytime you're on that field, it's a risk. So, if he's making a decision for his future, to feed his family, to get his jump start his career, to make some money, power, more power to him. And then we have Doc Rivers. He surprisingly got a five year deal with the Seventy Sixers. Mm. Yeah, Doc didn't. Um, he wasn't on the market very long. I mean, he got fired, yeah. and very shortly thereafter, bam. Got a big time job with a long term deal. Yeah, but how how do you think this will play out for the seventy six? I'm surprised they did it because Doc Rivers. We know he can coach. You can't win an NBA championship as a coach unless you can coach. But he didn't get it done in L.A. and he has some star players. You know, CP3, Blake Griffin. You know, DeAndre Jordan, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Never got past the second round. Mm. And Philly's problem was they got some talent, some names, some all-stars, you know, with Embiid and Simmons and Horford. But they were underachieving in the playoffs. Yeah. So you you have – it's kind of like the same scenario, but in the East, they have a star team. They were underachieving in the playoffs, but then they go pick up a coach that had a star team that was under underachieving in the playoffs. So, hey, maybe it's going to be a marriage made in heaven, but it did just seem kind of ironic that they would get Doc after his team choked in the playoffs when their problem was choking in the playoffs. But we'll see. You never know. Yeah. And that's all I have for you guys. 
All right. Well, as of right now, it is 2-1 in the NBA Finals. Lakers up. But the Heat had an amazing game. Specifically, Jimmy Butler balled out. He had a a 40-point triple-double. Um, game four is tonight. They're about to start, or they just started actually. And uh, so yeah, what, what what are you feeling on this series right now? Hey, gotta give Miami credit, man. They got heart. You know, they didn't just lay down. You know, you gotta you gotta play, man. They play they they play like like men. You know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't just give it to the Lakers. Their back was against the wall. Bam Adebayo was out. They had injuries. Jimmy twisted his ankle early in the first game. A lot of people forgot about that, but they didn't make any excuses. They came out and balled. Like you say, Jimmy had a 40-point triple-double, as everybody knows by now. Tyler Hero, the youngest guy to ever start in the NBA final, had a, had 17 points in the game, that game three win. And they, came, they went right at LeBron. You know, they went right at him. Um, and, you know, you got to give them credit. And Kelly Olynyk literally outplayed A.D., yeah. He just outplayed him. AD, I think, had 15 points. And Olenek was not only outplayed him on the defensive end, he outplayed him on the offensive end. So, hey, I like that. Give Miami a lot of credit, just showing a lot of heart. I think they're a little bit overmatched talent-wise. I still don't think they're going to win the series, but at least they made it a series by mm. showing heart and show what you can do when you play with confidence. Yeah, uh, game three is that that must-win game. You know, you don't want to go down 0-3. Uh, so making it 2-1 keeps you alive in that series. Um, but I, I don't know what it is. The Lakers, we saw this in every round of the playoffs. They did this against Portland, did this against Houston, did this against the Nuggets. It's like they just pick a night and just everybody just decides to take it off. You know, LeBron plays passive. Uh, AD didn't show up in game three. Uh, and de- defense, they had a lot of turnovers. I think they had like 10 turnovers in the first quarter. So you that's you're not you're not gonna win the game playing like that. And that being said, as bad as they played, they tied it up late in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. They still had a chance to win that game. Um, they only lost by nine. Uh, but the difference between this series and the other series is Miami is missing two of their three best players. True. Bam, he he's supposed to be coming back soon, and Drogic. So they don't want to let this team linger, right? You drop the game, but they got to handle business tonight because if you let this Miami team hang around and they get Bam back, they get Drogic back because the longer this series goes, it's going to favor Miami. Why you say that? Because they're missing their players. If they start to get those guys back in the rotation and their confidence is building. Every time they every time they win, every time you let them get easy buckets, every time you turn the ball over, they play confident, they play scrappy. So, they're not a team you just want to fall asleep on cuz you don't want to get the biggest upset in NBA history. Is that that's what people are calling it. Uh but that being said, I do think the Lakers play really bad and they won't play like that again. What would this do to LeBron's legacy? If let's say if we just do the what if game, mm. if the Miami Heat beat the Lakers, would that, for lack of a better term, destroy LeBron's legacy in the GOAT conversation? I I think amongst the LeBron haters, it it, it would be a big mark on his resume. Cause that's the that's the only thing they really have right now. Oh, look at his finals record. Look what he did against the Mavericks. Look what he did against the Spurs. And now if he loses to with this stacked team versus this underdog team, 
I mean, the LeBron haters are going to have a field day. And now you have another big finals not showing up. Uh, so, I, but I, I don't think that'll happen. But that's that's what people will say. But yeah. I mean, it's about when you talk about the GOAT conversation, the greatest. It's about what you produce. And yes, that's great making it to the finals a lot. But when you lose more in the finals than you win, you can't say that they're the greatest. Mm. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. I mean, that's Jordan's. That's how that's how he pretty much puts a stamp on it. He was six and zero in the finals with six MVPs in the modern era. You know, since the merger, the NBA ABA merger, we know that um, Bill Russell has the most rings with like eleven. Eleven. But since the merger, you know, Jordan is the man with the six ring, you know, of a superstar. We know Ori has nine, but of a superstar and a franchise guy, Jordan six and oh with six rings. And so that's why he does have that title and because of the way he plays, obviously, on both ends of the floor. But yeah, I think uh I think it will take him out of the GOAT conversation. I mm. think a lot of people say, you know, you can't be a part of the biggest choke ever and be considered the GOAT which I don't know if that's fair to LeBron James if they lose, but I know he's like, hey, we got to win this series. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it certainly would be a huge knock, you know, against him because um, this is a series you just got to win. And you saw game three, he got outplayed. Jimmy Butler outplayed him. 40 points, triple-double. LeBron had 25, but, you know, it, it was a passive – you know, some games, I don't know what it is. Because when he goes to the bucket, especially against this Miami team, they just, they have no answer. Right. It doesn't matter who's on them, Jimmy, Crowder, definitely if it's Hero or Duncan Robinson. And right now, Bam is out the series. That's their only real rim protector. So, you know, he just has to go down there and get buckets and, and put this team away. Because, uh, you know, when you get in these playoffs, this is how your legacy is defined. You know, how you perform in the finals. It's the reason why people are starting to look at Jimmy different because of how he played in the playoffs, how he just won game three versus other superstars. We see a James Harden or a Russell Westbrook who played great in regular season, but haven't got it done in the playoffs. So it does affect how you're perceived. So I know LeBron definitely wants to win this series and AD too. But on the flip side, if the Lakers do win and LeBron is the finals MVP, That'll be, you know, his fourth ring, but he have a ring with three different franchises, Cleveland, Miami Heat, now with the Lakers. He'll have an MVP with three different teams, Cleveland, Miami Heat, the Lakers. No one else would have done that. Mm. Now, would that validate him as the GOAT? Mm. It, it, would, it would help his case. I mean, I think the LeBron haters, it's a, it's a lot of them, they would still, they would still say, oh, you know, he still has more losses than wins. Uh, but it, it definitely will help his case. Three rings, three different teams, especially if he wins the finals MVP. That's three different finals MVPs for three different teams. That's that's impressive. Yeah. So, But he'll be four and six in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not pretty. But LeBron's argument could be, hey, Okay, Jordan is six for six, but he played, what, 13, 14 seasons? Yeah. So that means half of his career, he was getting bounced in the first and second round. Yeah, and in defense of LeBron, people talk about that, like his record right now is three and nine, three and six in the finals. Mm. 
But some of those teams shouldn't even been in the finals. I mean, to get there right now for his 10th time. And again, he it's not like he had a whip all the time. You know, the first the first time he got Cleveland to the finals, that was LeBron James pretty much almost by himself. And the others. And the others. Then when they went to Miami, give them credit. They took care of business. They were only together for four seasons. They made the finals all four seasons with two chips. Yeah. Then when he went back to Cleveland, they went four straight seasons in a row. But they were playing arguably one of the best dynasties of all time. Well, not even arguably one of the best dynasties of all time in the Golden State Warriors who went to the finals five straight times with three rings. And there was no way they were going to beat that team with a healthy Kevin Garden, Kevin Durant. Yeah. When they added Durant, Cleveland, and he was healthy, they didn't have a chance. Yeah. So it's not like he got to the playoffs all the time and choked. A lot of those teams shouldn't even have been there. And then some of the teams that got there, they, they should have won anyway in yeah. his defense. Yeah. And then that's that's kind of saying he's four and six. Uh or he if he, if he wins this year it'll be four and six, but that's kind of framing it in a negative way. You could say he won ten conference championships and four championships True. if he wins this year. True. Whereas Jordan won six conference championships and six championships. So if you look at it like that, LeBron is really you could argue he's he's ahead of Jordan in that category. Yeah, I'm telling you one thing that's going to happen with LeBron the way it looks right now. He's going to retire kind of like a Will Chamberlain. When Will Chamberlain retired, if you went through the record book, Will's name was popping up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Brian, now that he's in his 17th season, I think he might try to go for 20. Yeah. Because his, you know, one of his icons, Kobe, played 20. And I think if he gets to that 20th season, sprinkled all throughout the record books, it's going to be two names now, LeBron and Wilt. And, you know, you can make a case for him. You know, but if they lose to Miami, though, the go- in my opinion, the GOAT conversation is over. Yeah, I, I do think this is a must, must-win must series for the legacy when your team is just that much better than the other team. And I really do like Miami. They're scrappy, but they just, you know, the talent-wise, the Lakers are the better team on paper. And, you know, when you have another superstar in AD with you, you got to win the series. Yeah. So, hey, all of our subscribers out there, you know we call you winners. That's a question we want to hear. Um, throw it in the comments. Shout back at us. If LeBron loses to the Miami Heat, can he still be considered in the GOAT conversation? If LeBron wins against the Miami Heat, can he now be considered the GOAT based on what we we're talking about? So let us hear from you. Throw us something in the comments. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Instagram or wherever we post. We're on all social media, Barrage Sports Show. We love to hear from you. Um, April, super producer, tell us some places where some of the people have been checking us out because we're growing. So shout out to Singapore. Nice. Shout out to Ecuador. Shout out to Germany. Nice. Shout out to Ireland. Nice. Shout out to Chicago, Dallas, Columbus, Seattle. That's nice. Yep. See, Barrage nice. Sports Show, we're worldwide, y'all, because international. this podcast is all about the love of the game. We just love the game. We don't sit up here and fight and bicker and go crazy all the time because we're fans. We're fans. We love the game, and we're glad that you're tuning in and you love it, too. Again, hit us up on all social media, Barrage Sports Show. 
Click the like button, subscribe, definitely share with a friend. So this has been a good podcast, man. NFL Pro uh, Preview. We walk um, the entire NFL rankings. Again, KC at the top, Jets at the bottom. Our beloved Bears are somewhere kind of near the bottom. But hey, we are we are three and one though. And the NBA Finals are going on, so we're gonna keep you updated on that. We're gonna keep you updated with more sports news. Yep, and uh, unfortunately, both the Sox and the Cubs lost, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, so, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad the Crosstown Showdown didn't go uh, in the World Series this year. So, you know, due to COVID. Um, so maybe next year for both of those teams. Yeah, just a preview for next year. Just getting us ready. Super producer April, got anything else? All right, Mike Burr, you got anything else? That's it. All right, hit us up. You know how we get out, and we're glad you tuned in. Next week is going to be even better. Have a good day, everybody. And as you know, Mike Burr, drop the beat.